many of you are still doing background checks? No, I'm serious. How many of you value the information that you can gain from a background check? You know, it amazes me when I go into an organization and they look at me and go, well, you know, we just don't do drug tests anymore. We just, we just don't think that we'd have a workforce if we did a drug test. And, you know, sometimes I can actually, I can understand that. My name is Pandy Pridemore, and I'm a HR consultant here in Cincinnati. You're listening or watching this show from the ICRC TV station. And I'm an old shoe. I've, I've been around for 40 years. So some of these topics that we talk about, they, they're, they're, they're topics that we have to talk about because they're important and their impact on your company is so, so far beyond what you really truly understand. And so to help you with, you know, process this information, I brought on the only expert I know about it, and that's Mark Owen. Good afternoon. Founder. Can I say founder? Indeed. Yeah, founder and CEO of HR Profiles right here in Cincinnati. Now, I've... I've been referring companies to Mark since I started consulting 17 years ago. And I do it because they truly understand what this is all about. And I want you as an HR representative or a business owner to think hard about what you're doing to approach background checks. Mark, I'm going to start with a story. One of my clients... And it was, it was an audit. I went in and to just do an audit of their practices. And I was looking over their documents, and there was a one-page document that was very benign but said background check information. And I looked at it, and it, it was obviously been copied over and over again. And I asked the individual who was doing the onboarding, I said, well, where's the rest of the paperwork? And she goes, what do you mean? That, that's what we have them fill out. I said, well, okay, where's the name of the company on this paper? And she goes, oh, uh, it's in there somewhere. It's probably there at the bottom. It's a little faded. So with what I had, I went to the internet, of course, tried to find the website. There wasn't one. Tried to call the number that was on it. No answer. And I went to the, the controller. It wasn't the CFO. I went to the controller and said, hmm, when was the last time you talked to this representative? And he goes, oh, you know what? I don't think any of us have for quite a while. I just keep sending the checks. You know, when I get an invoice, I just send a check. Now, Mark, on this show, we have those what were they thinking moments. Like, did they really think this is the way to do a background check? And once I tried to explain to them, I actually didn't try. I told them, look, this is, we're starting over. Tell me how often that happens. And when you're talking to companies about background checks, is, is this a common thing? It is. Um, unfortunately, from the time I started HR Profile, one of the things that I realized in the market was that few people would spend much money on a background check unless they had been burned or had a problem. And it's like, as long as everything's going fine, let a sleeping dog sleep, you know, don't, don't wake it up. Don't rock the, the apple cart. And that's why the government got involved uh, back in the nineties 
and insisted that healthcare and education and lots of industries required to do background checks because they wouldn't do it. They would say, we can't afford it, this and that and the other thing. But in the end, if people look in the drawer of terminations and the reason they terminated somebody, more often than not, a background check could have prevented that. Well, let's go back and let's start at the beginning. What government agency or mandate covers background checks? Well, the Fair Credit Reporting Act talks about um, the way to do them, uh, the right and wrong way, what is acceptable, what isn't. But there are different state and federal laws that require uh, regulated industries to do background checks. And so we have a chief compliance officer that helps those customers that are in regulated industries, from nuclear power plants to healthcare to childcare and so on and so forth to make sure they stay in compliance because a lot of those regulations change frequently. Well, and, and the documentation, I, I'm, I was in awe that this was, this company was working off of a one page document. And I know in working with your organization and my other clients, I'm, I've got one client that's handing out eight pages uh, of documents that depending on what state. You're talking about the application process yes. or the authorization forms? The authorization forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's extensive. Not only does it depend on the state, but it also depends on how much protection the employer wants. So, for example, HR Profile, to my knowledge, was the very first employment screening company in America to use arbitration language in our authorization forms. Um, uh, before, Because it's become quite popular now for uh, plaintiff's lawyers to do class action lawsuits against employers uh, if there's been uh, a, an error in an FCRA compliance issue. And so we now insist that all of our, all the applicants for our clients uh, have to submit to arbitration before it goes to a class action lawsuit. The reason it always goes class action is the federal government's limited the remedy to, to any individual making a claim in an FCRA claim to $2,000 per person. So plaintiff's lawyer doesn't want to get involved oh on, a, on a contingency no. fee when the total payout's $2,000. So they only want to make class action lawsuits out of this. So we have arbitration language in the authorizations, as well as the FCRA disclaimers and the copy of their civil rights and everything to make sure that that candidate experience, by the way, is as simple and clean and easy to understand as possible. So there's no confusion about expectations or misconceptions, but also protecting the the prospective employer and us from uh, different expectations. You know, some some people are hoping that mistakes are made so that they can call their friend at a a plaintiff's law firm. Yeah, they they can sue over anything. They can they can sue over anything. But let's let's talk about the different types of background checks because obviously somebody who is hiring a nurse would want something entirely different than somebody who's hiring a driver or a landscaper. From the very beginning, this has all been about helping people get the right background check. Not we have people say, just send us your standard package. There is no standard package. Every company is different within even a given industry simply because every company has set themselves up culturally in a different way and they've exposed themselves to different risks 
And the background check should be in place to mitigate your risks and make sure that you're not hiring the wrong kind of people that are not going to fit into your culture and cause you problems. So the background check, we can check so many different things, but it's not always right for everybody to do everything. Drug testing, for example, there's different kinds of drug tests that you can do. Some are basic and some are more complex. We can test up to 144 panels. Most people get somewhere between five and 12. So it just depends on where you think your risk is. And the more we understand about a, a client's risk, the better we can help them get the best bang for the buck and not spend money on things they don't need and make sure they get the things that absolutely are going to have a high impact result of, of what they do need. One of my clients hired a bookkeeper slash controller, and this was years ago, and they did not do a background check. Now, of course, I didn't know that, but they called me and said, we have found $26,000 already that she obviously had moved and it's gone. They're gone. I said, well, oh my gosh. I said, well, we need to report this. I said, yes, you need to report it. And just for just for giggles, what did her background check say? Well, we didn't think we needed one. She just seemed so nice, and we just couldn't imagine anybody doing this to us. Mark, you can't have that approach. It could be, and it's not just the finance positions. Yeah, you. I, I hear that a lot, where people are afraid to offend someone by asking yes. them to fill out a background check authorization. My point is, if they have nothing to hide, they're going to be proud to fill everything out and say, see, told you, I'm clear. Yeah. On, the only people you're going to offend are the people that say, well, that's personal, that's private. Whether I'm a convicted felon for an axe murderer, that should be <laughs> private information. <laughs> Why do you want to know that? I mean, so that's the thing. That's what employers need to recognize is that the only people you're going to offend are people with something to hide. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're not talking when you're spending 30% of your, your cost, the business, you know, the expense to run a business and 30% of it is wrapped around your personnel, your, your HR aspects. It's not a bad investment to make when it's just, just checking it out to make sure that this is really the appropriate person for the position. Yeah. And I mean, it's one thing to check and see if somebody you know, ha has a, a, a drug addiction problem. Drug testing is helpful in identifying that, for example, because a detection window of detection for drug tests is three days. If somebody knows they're going to have to pass a drug test to apply for a job and they can't stay clean for three days, <laughs> they probably have a problem, you know, and it's the same with all these things. And so it's, it, the background check isn't only looking for ax murders. Sometimes it's behavioral things. If they got fired from the last five jobs, all for the same reason, yeah. what do you think is going to happen with you? And so to put it simply, if you hire people with problems, you're going to adopt those problems and make them your own and you're going to have to deal with them. So again, if you look in that drawer of terminations, yeah. those are the things that you're not correcting. Those people are sif slipping through your net. Well, and let's talk about adverse action. Mm-hmm. Help our viewers and our listeners understand what that is. So years ago, uh, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, FCRA, was developed to help 
uh, consumers, when you applied for a loan for a car and they denied you, they didn't have to tell you why. You couldn't get a copy of your credit report. You had basically no defense unless you had a lawyer that understood that stuff and could get involved. So people were being wrongly denied if some Sears happened to accidentally report uh, bankruptcy on your credit report that wasn't legit, you'd be denied credit loans everywhere you go and you couldn't figure out why. So the FCRA came into place to f- correct that. They didn't modify the name in 97 when it was uh, enhanced to include employment. So instead of saying Fair Credit and Employment Act, mm-hmm. it still just says FCRA. And a lot of employers are under the misconception, well, if I don't do credit reports, I don't have to comply with it. Exactly. No, that's not true. However, the same fundamental principles apply, and that is if somebody's wrongly denied a job based on misinformation contained in whole or in part in the background check, you have to notify them that you intend to take adverse action based on that and give the the applicant a chance to dispute that and say, oh, no, that's not me. I'm not an axe murderer, and I I can show you that. And then uh, they can call HR Profile or whoever their provider is. And by law, the FCRA requires in the adverse action process to double check and confirm. And that's usually done through fingerprints now. Oh, so okay. uh, the point is, uh, we did our typical background check and it came back John Doe, axe murderer. And he's like, well, I may be John Doe, but I'm not an axe murderer. Okay, John Doe, let's get your fingerprints taken at the sheriff's office and Dallas, Texas, we'll get all this squared away. And if your fingerprints don't match, then you're not the same John Doe. Because there may be another John Doe, okay? There's a lot of George Jones. There's a lot of Jack Jones. So <clears throat> it's it's not hard if you have a common name for this to happen. And the good news is, is once you go through this process of adverse action and the dispute process, if it's not you, A, you can get it cleaned up. Uh, B, you can't change the record. The government is not required to comply with any laws. Uh, um, So, but what you will get is a letter from the court saying that it's not you. So every time you apply for a job, if the same result's going to come up, you can submit that letter with your application so that you don't even have to go through any of this process moving forward again. You know, it, again, it, it seems kind of, scary but at the same time it is almost essential you're doing i don't know whether you realize it or not but one of my clients is even doing international background checks with you yeah and they weren't certain they came to me and they said you know we want to work with these people they're going to be contractors they're not going to be w-2s but we still need to tell our client that they're going to be the project they're going to be working on we still need to tell them that there are certain things that are covered and you guys created a whole package specific for this group. And it's taking up to six, seven weeks for international searches, but you guys didn't skip a beat. I mean, that's the way it works. We have a lot of American-based companies that hire from around the world. And some companies that you're talking about actually have offices outside the U.S., Mm -hmm. making it even more complicated because different countries have different laws of what you can do in that country or where, what sources you can use for that information. So it's one thing if you're an American-based company hiring somebody from somewhere else to come to America and work. Pretty much you can do just about anything there. 
But once you have an, an applicant in an office in a foreign country, then we have to abide by all those foreign countries' laws, and we have to be up to speed on their laws. And we do business in over 175 countries right now. Yeah, that's why you are who I work with. <laughs> that's why HR Profiles is the ones that I turn to. So listeners, viewers, how many of you have spoken to your rep on background checks? And how many of you have been hesitant to even start or try a background check? Look, all you have to do is pick up the phone and call Mark's team. Tell them Pandy sent them and sent you and you heard Mark on the human resource. My name's Pandy. Come and see us again. <laughs>